Chapter 22 of the Book of Dvarim is a continuation of laws which form a central part of the Book of Dvarim. Again, the Book of Dvarim has three main sections. There's the history, the retelling of the history, then there's the section of the laws, and the laws, Mishnah Torah, are many of them we've encountered earlier in a one in a, a different form. They are not simply, for the most part, repetition. There's something always added, and on occasion there would appear to be new laws. Then the last part of the book, which we'll get to shortly, I hope, is the covenants. The Torah has two covenants with the people, with Israel. The first covenant, of course, is the covenant of Sinai. The tablets are the tablets of the covenant. And then the end of the Torah, there is at least one other covenant, possibly two covenants that are spoken of, but one clearly spoken of. We'll come to that later. So those are the three parts of the book, but the primary section, most of the space in the book is dedicated to these mitzvot, rules and regulations, and Moshe has said earlier that he was told those earlier at Sinai, but he has postponed teaching these rules to the people until they're about to enter the land. So here in chapter 22, it begins with a mitzvah that we've encountered earlier in the Torah, in the book of Shemot, but it takes a slightly different form. Chapter 22 begins, Lo tered shorachicha oet sayom nidachim v'talam tamehem hashev t'shivem liachicha. So this is, the Torah says that don't see the ox of your brother, achicha, or his lamb, nidachim, lost. We'll get back to the word nidachim. V'talam tamehem. And you will ignore them. Hashev t'shivem liachicha. This is the mitzvah we call Hashavat Aveda, to return a lost object. Now we have encountered Hashavat Aveda earlier in the book of Shemot, in Parshat Mishpatim, and there we had a slightly different formulation of that mitzvah. There the Torah says, Kitifga Shor O Yivcha O Chamaro To'eh, Hashav Teshivenelo, chapter 23, verse number 4. If you encounter the ox of your oyivcha, your enemy. And Oyev is an enemy. Or his ass, to'er, which is lost. Hashev t'shiven you shall certainly return it to him. So there it speaks of an Oyev. And in fact, the next verse, verse number five, the second verse related to Hashavat ki chamor sonacha. If you see the chamor of your sone, your enemy. Sone and Oyev are strong terms. Struggling under its load, rovets tachat masao v'chodal tamei azovro, and you would not help the owner of the ox struggling under its burden. Azov ta'azovimo, you are to assist him. Azov ta'azovimo. So there, the first verse speaks about a lost object. The second speaks about a struggling animal, which is carrying a heavy load. And in each case, we are required to assist to return the object. But there it speaks specifically of an oyev and a sone. Of course, it doesn't mean only an oyev and a sone. It means even one who you dislike. And it's also not clear what the parameters of oyev and sone are. Generally speaking, we're not supposed to hate people. The Torah said in the book of Ayikra. So that's a good question, exactly what the parameters of oyev and sone are. That's how the Torah represents it in chapter 23 of Sefer Shmot. Over here, Quite the opposite. Over here, the emphasis in our section relating to returning of lost objects is the word ach. Do not see the 
Achsim, your brother. At the end of verse number one, Hoshev Tishivem Liachicha, return it to your brother. Next verse, If your brother is not near you, or you don't know who lost the object, or you don't know, then you have to take it into your house. We'll come to that. Until your brother demands it, or searches for it. And then the next verse, verse number three, So five times the Torah says the word Ochicha, which is very striking. doesn't mean only your brother. Now, it doesn't mean brother. The word Ach, in the book of Dvarim, typically does not mean your brother. It means your kinsman. We encountered this earlier, that the word Ach has a much broader, can have a much broader significance. For example, by Yishma Avram Kinishba Achim, Avram heard his brother, namely Lot, had been taken. Now, Lot is not his brother. Lot is his nephew. But Avram hears about his relative. And the word Ach has a broad significance in the book of Dvarim. Sometimes, we're not clear what the pshat is. Whether Ach means actually a brother, or Ach means a relative. We may encounter this later on, and I'm referring to the mitzvah of Leverett marriage. Ki achim yachdav. If brothers dwell together, one dies, he's married, but he has no children, then we have the mitzvah of Leverett marriage that appears later on in chapter 25. There is the rabbinic understanding of, of Ach is actually a brother. That the mitzvah of Leverett marriage is confined to a brother. On the other hand, the stories of the Bible, two of which speak of leveret marriage, perhaps three of them, don't refer to a brother. They refer to a close relative. So it's a good open question what the simple reading of the Torah is. The rabbinic understanding we know, the rabbinic interpretation. What is the plain shot is a very good question. Now let's come back to Ashavat Veda in our chapter. So it seems to limit it to a kinsman. Not to the Noyev, not to the Soleil, and it doesn't include the Ger explicitly. It talks about the Ach. Now the question is, is this a limitation over here? Or do we presume, and this is a very important question when we're studying the book of Dvarim, do we presume that the text in Dvarim presumes the earlier text? I mention this because, actually, it strikes me there's a difference in the plain reading of the Torah between what it says in the book of Shemot and what it says over here. The book of Shemot talks about, you see the animal of your, of your oyev, of your adversary, your enemy, to'eh. But the word over here that's used is nidachim. And it strikes me there's a difference between a to'eh and a nidach. But to'eh means one who's lost. The word to'eh appeared three times in the book of Genesis. For example... Joseph was sent by his father to uh, link up with his brothers to inquire of their welfare in chapter 37 of Genesis. And Joseph sets out to find his brothers whom he knows dislike him, even hate him, don't speak with him peaceably. But Joseph sets out at his father's instructions to find his brethren. And the Torah says that Joseph was supposed to meet them in the city of Shechem, but Joseph was to'eh. Joseph was lost in the field. He couldn't find his brethren. Now he speaks, this person says, "Where? what are you searching for? And Joseph says, I'm looking for my brothers. But Joseph is in the city of Shechem. The man says to Joseph, they've left this place. So in the case of Joseph being to'er, it's not that he doesn't arrive at his destination. He does arrive at his destination, but he arrives there too late. So a to'er in that story is one who does 
arrive at the place he's supposed to be, but it takes more time. He doesn't find it right away. And the same thing can be said when Abraham speaks in chapter 20 to Abimelech. Abimelech says, why did you say your wife is your sister? And he says, well, ever since we left home, we always did this. Ever since God has caused us to wander to my father's house. Now, he's not saying he hasn't arrived at his destination. He's saying it took a long time to get. Don't always know exactly where we're headed. But a Torah in the Chumash, in those cases, doesn't mean you don't get where you're supposed to get. You do get there, but it takes more time. A Nidach is different. A Nidach is one who's actually pushed aside. And we had it earlier. The Ir Hanidachat. The people of the town were pushed away from God. There's no sense they're going to return. They're pushed away. And in fact, in the verse over here, the parallel to the word Nidach is the word Oved. Avedat Achicha. Shetovad Mimenu Oved and Nidach appear sometimes as synonyms. Not that two words are identical, but they're close. So the point over here is that if you see the animal of your kinsman, which is Nidach. Now Nidach, you can look at it from two perspectives. You might say, well, if it's Nidach, you certainly have the obligation to return it. Or you could say the opposite. You could say that something which is hopelessly lost, perhaps you don't have the obligation to return it. It's simply a lost object. It's an object which the person who lost it has given up hope of ever getting it back. And therefore, perhaps you can keep it. The Torah doesn't speak about that directly. The rabbinic discussion focuses on under what conditions a lost object is simply not owned by the previous owner. But here the Torah speaks about a nidah and an oved. One could have argued that in this particular case, you have no obligation. But the Torah says quite the opposite. You shouldn't see the object, even though it's hopelessly lost, perhaps the person has given up hope. No. You still have the obligation to return it. That's point number one. Point number two is the Torah says, You may not ignore it. The word of a appears in this verse, and actually appears three times in this small section. And this speaks to something that's very central to Sefer Devarim. Sefer Devarim, more than any other book, focuses on internal states, internal thoughts. It focuses on love of God. It focuses on fear of God. It focuses on, on the mitzvah to rejoice before God. It focuses on don't harden your heart in terms of tzedakah. And over here it talks about don't ignore it. One might say don't pretend not to see it. There's an obligation to be proactive over here. You can't simply stand aside. The Torah said earlier in, in a different context, well here it's not a lo tamol don't stand idly by if your friend is in trouble, life-threatening situation. Here it's about property, but it's the same rule. The next verse is an astonishing halacha that we sort of take for granted, but if you think about it, it's incredible that what about a situation where you see a lost object, but you don't know who lost the object. The Torah doesn't say how the person who lost the object is going to know that you actually found it. The Talmud speaks about that. It talks about the requirement of publicizing that you found something, the nature of which it discusses at some length. 
but you have to take it into your house. You must keep it with you until your brother demands it. So the idea that I'm required to actually take it into my home and to care for this animal as if it's my animal until my kinsman demands it back and I have to return it is an astonishing halacha. I have to make this effort to actually take care of the animal. And of course, there are all kinds of rules and regulations. Can I subtract the, I maintain the animal? What about the maintenance and all that? That's the bidding discussion. But the idea that I actually have to take it into my own house. And once I take it into my own house, I have a responsibility for it. It's reminiscent of what we read about the Yafat Toah, the man who sees a beautiful woman in war and takes her captive. And the other Torah speaks of bringing her into your home. And once you bring her into your home, there's a whole procedure. And if you marry her, you're responsible. can't say afterwards, I don't like her, I'll sell her, or something like that. No, no, you can't do that. Once you took her into your house, you're responsible for her. So this is a great novelty over here. That even though, why should I have to care for someone else's property? A lost object. I don't even know who the person is. So the Torah says, Asaftor Techa. And it repeats later on, Any lost object of your kinsman, you can't pretend that you didn't see it. So the point over here is, in terms of coming back to the kinsman, the point is perhaps the Torah is saying something, the plain reading of the Torah is saying, there's an obligation to return lost objects to anyone, even people you dislike, even your enemy, your sonei and your oyev, that's in the book of Shemot. But over here, when it talks about Ochicha, it goes way beyond that. It talks about not just returning it. It talks about actually taking it into your home, caring for it. It talks about the prohibition to pretend that you don't see it. You have the obligation proactively to care for the other person's property. It's part and parcel of creating a community in a society, which is what the Book of Varim is all about.